turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, verse 11. That's on page 911 of the Pew Bibles. Pew Bibles with the small print. Acts chapter 3, verse 11, and we're going to read through the 26th verse. This is a, a New Testament commentary, I believe, on Psalm 134, which will be our sermon text, and uh, you'll see that especially with the closing verses. Um, the situation is this. Um, Peter and John have just healed a lame beggar in the temple. He has been uh, lame from birth, and now Peter begins to preach the gospel uh, to the Jews. Uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 11. This is the word of God. While he, that is the beggar, clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us, as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your, also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that as Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent! Therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from, a, from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. In verse 25, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servants, sent him to you first to bless you 
by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, um, you do indeed bless us as we read your word. You remind us of your covenant promises that you are the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and Jacob. But we thank you especially for Jesus, Lord. We thank you for his death for our sins on the cross. We thank you for his resurrection from the grave. We thank you for um, that sure hope of salvation that we can know by grace through faith in Christ. And Lord, teach us uh, to what it means to bless you, but may we rejoice always that you have blessed us in Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Conclusions uh, generally come, or often come, with bittersweet feelings. Uh, When you read the, the last page of a great book, Uh, You almost wish there were more, but you realize this is the end. There may not be a a sequel to it. Uh, When you arrive back home after a wonderful trip visiting family and friends, you unpack your your suitcase at the conclusion of your trip with a a full heart. It's bittersweet. Uh, when your, your last child graduates from college, clears out their room, uh, but then starts a new career in, in a different town. You know, but as Christians who live by faith in Christ, you know, it's our gospel privilege to enjoy grateful feelings for providential conclusions. You know, on this Lord's Day morning, we've arrived by God's grace at the final psalm of these 15 psalms of ascent. And so I would invite you to turn there to uh, Psalm 134. It's uh, right in the middle of your Bible on page 519. You know, we've been working our way through each of these 15 psalms and, you know, consider you know, how, how it started. There was a hard start. Uh, to give you a quick overview, there in Psalm 120, verse 1, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me, deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. You know, then the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, you know, they, they were ascending up Uh, geographically, they were ascending up to Jerusalem spiritually to worship the Lord on one of these three uh, religious festivals. And so we can see the joy there. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The Lord gives them a timely reassurance. And Psalm 125, verse 1, You know, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. In Psalm 130, we again hear the 
pilgrim's plaintive cry. Psalm 130, verse 1, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice, let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. But how does Psalm 130 end there, verse 7? O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So now we're at, at the concluding psalm. You know, it, it's another one of the brief psalms of ascent. Brief but beautiful. We saw that Psalm 131 and then Psalm 133, just three short verses, and yet they're sweet, spiritually rich. You know, it, actually in the uh, Hebrew, it's only 23 words. Uh, you can check me, but in uh, the ESV, it's 45 words. You know, but, but to give you the context, the, the best biblical commentaries uh, believe that Psalm 134 pictures the faithful pilgrims after they have arrived in Jerusalem, after they have worshipped the Lord. But now they're preparing to make a a pre-sunrise departure from Jerusalem, descending, going to their own homes. Why leave early in the morning? It's not because uh, the highways, uh, the bridge to Baton Rouge will be backed up. Uh, But but rather, it's cooler in the morning. Easy to travel. And yet it's still night, and we'll see that in the latter part of verse 1. You know, there are key words here. You know, short psalm, you know, but, but that word Lord, five times in three verses, three times just in the first verse, and then the other word is bless. That word bless is in each of the three verses So Psalm 134 concludes our study of the Psalms of Ascent on a note about God's gospel blessings to us in Christ. And the truth here for us to focus on is this. Every faithful pilgrim will bless the Lord who blesses us in Christ. Why should faithful Christians bless the Lord? Three truths here. A little bit simpler, three verses. You know, there, there's a sovereign command to bless the Lord. Then verse 2, a sacred call to bless the Lord. And finally, verse 3, a, a salvation conclusion. You know, but look there at God's word. Um, Psalm 134, verse 1. You know, come. You know, behold. You know, it's a command. It actually is the same word in Hebrew, hinah, that began Psalm 131, 133, verse 1, behold. Or, or we consider it an invitation. Listen to the psalmist here as he solemnly declares our duty as devoted followers of the one true and living God who loves us in Christ. Come, behold. But then the second command. Bless the Lord. 
written in such a way that, that it's a command to, to all of the congregation, you know, to, to all the pilgrims, come, bless the Lord. You know, it's that same command that we sang about in Psalm 103, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, O my soul. I'll worship your holy name. Come. You know, it's a gracious invitation from the Lord to bless him. You know, so that we would better understand that word bless. You know, and I can uh, email you or put them on the uh, Facebook page, but, but two working definitions. Alec Motier Old Testament expert writes this about the word bless, to bless Yahweh, to bless Jehovah, to bless the Lord is to review gratefully who he is and to respond in worship. But to to go back a few, well, another contemporary definition, Dane Ortland and his, uh, his, his helpful encouraging, uh, devotional on the Psalms, writes this. Uh, To bless the Lord is to lift one eyes to heaven, to look to God, to celebrate who he is, to count on him for all things, to acknowledge life as a gift from him. It is to thank him. You know, if you were to boil it down, you know, that's the word. It is, it is to thank him, to worship him, to praise him for who he is and his love for us in Christ. Praise the Lord. You know, that, that's been the, uh, the, the dominant name for, for God in all these psalms of ascent. Praise the Lord. Praise Yahweh. Praise Jehovah. Bless our faithful and covenant-keeping God who graciously reveals himself to us. We read that verse in Sunday school. That was our memory lesson. Exodus 20, uh, verse 2. This is before the Lord gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Let me begin with verse 1, Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord. Your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, you're, you're to remember always, he is faithful. He has delivered his people from bondage of sin. He has led them through the promise or through the wilderness, providing for them. He has faithfully brought them into the promised land. You know, I am the Lord, your God. And so we are called to bless, to praise that Lord. You know, yes, it is a sovereign command, but uh, we are we are glad to obey it. It's it's like when your your mother, you know, calls you to to a, a great meal, to dinner, you know, come and eat. Well, let me think about it. I'd rather do this. Man, if if you're hungry, you're you're going to run to that dinner table. Only for your mom to ask that question, did you wash your hands? No. But come, 
Bless the Lord. And who is this invitation to? Still thinking about this sovereign command? All you servants of the Lord. No, it's not a command just given to David, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or to Moses. All you servants of the Lord. A good reason to believe it was specifically given to the priests and the Levites there. You know, but, but we too are servants of the Lord. You know, a few important things to note there in verse 1. Three things, real quickly. You know, first of all, they're standing. All ye servants of the Lord who stand by, who are standing. You know, why are you standing? Well, if it's night, you don't want to fall asleep, but, but you're actively serving the Lord, you're obediently serving the Lord. Deuteronomy 10 verse 8 puts it this way, Deuteronomy 10 verse 8. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord, to minister to him and to bless in his name to this day. You know, to, to stand uh, before the Lord. They're standing Secondly, it's by night. You know, why by night? You know, temple worship, you know, was, was not just, well, it's uh, 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. on Saturday, which was the, the Sabbath then. You know, we just have to worship the Lord for this one hour, one and a half hours. You know, they're standing day and night. You know, temple worship occurred 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. At night, you know, the priests, it said, would bake the, the showbread, the bread of the presence that was put on the table. They would keep the lamps burning, ensure that the sanctuary vessels stayed pure and bright. You know, it was the Levite's duty. You know, and not just carrying out chores, all, all good reason to believe they were singing as well. Singing together. Still worshiping the Lord. They're standing by night. And where are they? Uh, they're in the house of the Lord. That's the third thing. They're humbly, faithfully, and obediently serving their holy God in the Lord's house. Day and night, they're blessing the Lord. They're, they're worshiping him. They're giving thanks from hearts of adoration and, and gratitude. You know, not as a grim duty, you know, but, but it's their glad delight. You know, each Lord's Day, um, we begin our worship with a, a scriptural call to worship. You know, that, that's a vital part of our worship. We, we stand before the Lord. We're, we're, it's a reminder of, of we're reverencing the Lord. We're, we're actively worshiping him. You know, we're not asleep. We're not dozing off. We're not distracted. You know, our, our eyes are fixed on the Lord. Our hearts are, are, are full of adoration uh, for God's attributes. 
You know, the Lord graciously calls us to worship him as his beloved children. And he sovereignly commands us to bless his name, to worship him, for he is our creator, our redeemer. You know, worship is not optional for us as Christians. You know, we're, we're still recovering from the, the COVID days and, and many Christians, you know, staying home. Yes, there is still sickness, uh, you know, around, but, well, I'll just join by live stream. Don't have to waste money on gas. I can have another cup of coffee. You know, but it, it's vital for us to be gathering together. And it's not only vital, it's God's sovereign command to us. And yet a loving command. Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. And we are those servants. You know, glad servants. Secondly, verse 2, a sacred call to bless the Lord. So verse 1, a sovereign command to bless the Lord. Verse 2, a sacred call to bless the Lord, and actually verse 2, the, it, it is a command. You know, lift up your hands to the holy place. Lift up your hands. All of you lift up your hands to the holy place. Or we might even say, to put it in modern day slang, you all lift up both of your hands right now. You know, Scripture calls us to lift our hands in praise to God. That, that's true. But the Lord also calls Christians to lift up our hands in, in prayer to the Lord. You know, and I believe with our palms up, you know, showing that, that, that our hands are empty. We're, we're needy. And only God can provide our needs give you one example, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, just so we see it's not only Old Testament, 1 Timothy 2, verse 8. Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. You know, if you, you have trouble staying awake or staying focused, uh, you know, it's not only a biblical instruction, but, uh, you know, I think there's a practical thing. You know, it, it's hard to fall asleep when your hands are staying up like this. Might keep our prayers uh, shorter, or the preacher's prayers shorter, but, you know, lift your hands. And the, the second part can either be understood as to the holy place or, you know, it's just one word, Lift your hands to the Holy One. You know, we're, we're lifting up our hands to God. It, it's not that the posture is the focus here. You know, our, our focus, our eyes are to be fixed on Jesus. You know, why would God's word call us as Christian pilgrims to lift our hands in prayer? You know, there, there's a helpful footnote in Calvin's commentary on Psalm 134. Let me read it for us. Quote, it's two sentences, a little bit longer. 
there is no doubt that lifting up the hands reverently is the ordinary and proper position of supplicants, you know, those who are praying, at the throne of grace, towards the sanctuary, towards the Holy of Holies, where the ark, the symbol of the divine presence, was fixed. And then the footnote goes on to say, For why do men lift up their hands when they pray? Is it not that their hearts may be raised at the same time to God? Especially appreciate that last thought. Is it not that their hearts may be raised at the same time to God? We're we're lifting up our hands in worship. We're, We're lifting up our hearts to the Lord. Yes, your pastor should be lifting up his hands as he leads God's flock in prayer. Uh, you know, I, I'm so grateful to have elders and deacons here who lead God's people in prayer. Glad that we can meet for prayer Wednesday night, that the women gather for prayer. We can pray in our homes as well. You know, practice it this week. I, I know it may seem strange, uh, you know, but, but lift up your hands, you know, to, to the Lord as you pray. Not only lift up your hands, lift up your hearts to the Lord. You know, as you're praising God, Psalm 141, verse 2, puts it this way. Psalm 141, verse 2, Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. You know, when we lift our hands in prayer, we're we're not only praising him, but we're pleading for his mercy. You know, we're we're, we're needy. You know, we're we're sinners. Yes, sinners saved by grace. And we need, we desperately need, we daily need the Lord's help. We've been, we finished working our way through Lamentations on Wednesday night. There's a verse in Lamentations 3, verse 41. Let me read it for us. Lamentations 3, 41. Let us lift up our hearts and hands. Hear that again. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. And verse 42. We have transgressed and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You know, they're, they're lifting up their hands not because they're without sin. They, they feel they're right with God. No, they're, they're lifting up their hands knowing their, their sinfulness, their need for God's forgiveness, God's grace in Christ. Lift up your hands. Back to Psalm 133, verse 2. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. You know, second time, we, we as pilgrims, we as followers of the one true and living God, those who are trusting in Christ, we are called to bless the Lord. You know, and, and that's not flippant, it's not lip service, it's a, a, a most sacred call, you know, from the Lord. 
We bless the Lord. We, we plead with him in our prayers, and we praise him as well. You know, we give thanks to the Lord that he graciously calls lost sinners to saving faith in Christ. We give thanks to the Lord that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We bless the Lord because he adopts us into his family. We're his sons and daughters, loved securely and eternally in, in Christ. We give thanks to God as we sang, he's rich in love and slow to anger. His name is great and his heart is kind. You know, we bless the Lord because he daily blesses us in Christ. You know, prayer is a vital part of our worship service. You know, look at our worship bulletin. A little bit sobering. You know, we begin with silent prayer, we're all praying, then a prayer of adoration, generally led by one of our elders, prayer of confession of sin, assurance of pardon, a morning prayer, we have a prayer at offering time, offered by a deacon, prayer of illumination, after we read God's word, a prayer at the close of the sermon, asking that the Lord would apply the truths we've learned to our heart, to our walk of faith with Christ. We have a prayer before and after communion, a prayer at, at the end, a benediction, uh, ten prayers. You know, and, and why all those prayers? I believe it's in accord with God's word. You know, but as well for our own walk of faith. You know, that, that we, we hear God's sacred call to, to bless the Lord. You know, to bless the Lord when we're gathered together on Sundays, to bless the Lord Monday morning, that alarm clock goes off, even before you get out of bed. You know, to bless the Lord, you know, at, at, at night after a horrible, no good, very bad day. Lord, I, I thank you that you're my God. You're the God of my salvation. God who loves me in Christ. You know, to bless the Lord before surgery. To bless the Lord when you're going through a great family struggle. You know, a, a sacred call. To, to bless the Lord, to lift up your hands in prayer to the Holy One. So a sovereign command to bless the Lord, verse 1, a sacred call to bless the Lord. And then finally, verse 3, a salvation conclusion to the Lord's blessing. You know, and, and there's a shift, a, a spiritual shift. You know, up to this point, the pilgrims, the worshipers, you know, have, have been blessing the Lord. You know, but how does the psalm conclude? It, it, it reminds us that the Lord blesses us in Christ. You know, the word bless has been God word, but now it's the Lord's blessing upon every believer. How does the Lord bless Christians. Again, uh, to quote David Dixon, 
great, not thin book, thick book on the Psalms. He writes, all men, or all men and women, lie under the curse. That is the curse of sin. All men lie under the curse till God brings them into the fellowship of his church and pronounce them blessed by his word. As, quote, the Lord doth bless thee, doth import. You know, as pilgrims on our walk of faith with Christ, we bless the Lord as his obedient servants and in our persevering prayers, but now we can rejoice that the Lord blesses you. He blesses me. Actually, it's individual here. The Lord bless you from Zion. You know, what what is Zion? Again, that's a word we've been hearing throughout these Psalms of Ascent in a number of different ways we can look at it. It's, you know, as as Jerusalem, specifically the, the Temple Mount, that's the way we saw it in Psalm 133.3. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You know, Zion as well is the Lord's dwelling place. Psalm 132, verse 13, 132, 13, For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. Zion is a reminder that the Lord dwells with his people. You know, he's a God who is with us always. Zion even reminds us of heaven as well. May the Lord bless you from Zion. You know, even now, you know, this psalm is our psalm. You know, the Lord blesses us from Zion. You know, he, he blesses us. You know, turn with me quickly. I hope quickly, I don't ever want to preach two sermons on the same Sunday, but turn to Acts 3. That New Testament reading we read, Acts 3, that's on page 911. And just hear again those last two verses. Verses 25 of of Acts 3, 25-26. You know, again, Peter preaching to the Jews, to, to God's chosen people. And he says... To them, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And God, having raised up his servant, and that's speaking of Christ, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. You know, it's a sermon that reminds God people, God's people of God's covenant promises that he gave first to Abraham. Genesis 22, verse 18. And in your offspring, in your seed, shall all the families, all the nations of the earth be blessed. You know, that, that seed is, is Christ. You know, Christ is also that humble servant we read about there in verse 26 that God faithfully raised up 
you know, from the grave and sent first to save the Jews. And how did he do that? To bless you. And how did God, what was God's design to bless the Jews and to bless us? You know, look at the last part of verse 26. By turning every one of you from your wickedness. You know, how does God bless us? You know, not in full bank accounts, not in fancy cars. You know, he he blesses us with salvation in Christ. He sets his love upon us in Christ. He calls us to saving faith in Christ. He turns us from that empty, meaningless, destructive, hell-bound path of life And he brings us to to saving faith in in Christ. Remember what the name was given for Jesus? Not Christmas yet. Matthew 121, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. Now that's God's blessing to us. a, A savior, son of God, savior of sinners. You know, the blessing of life eternal and glory with God. Back to Psalm 133. You know, here, here's the gracious guarantee. May the Lord bless you from Zion, and if we're in doubt, if we're waffling, you know, is this really true? This promise comes from the same omnipotent, God who made heaven and earth. You know, that, that's inclusive. You know, all, all six days of creation boil down into two words, three words. The God who made heaven and earth. You know, made, made the heavens above, made the, the solar system, the atmosphere around us, the God who made earth. You know, every creature, every plant, every continent, every ocean, every body of water. The God who made heaven and earth, the God who is worthy of all worship and praise. You know, and that's one of the reasons we'll still be worshiping God in in heaven. Hear this, Revelation 4, verse 11. Revelation 4, verse 11. All the living creatures are praising God in glory. Revelation 4, 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they existed and were created. Now we sang, you know, coming to a close here. We sang one rendition of Psalm 134 in worship today, and I'm so thankful for our worship team and being forbearing with, with, uh, with me and trying to sing a hymn, uh, one of the psalms with every one of these psalms of ascent. Uh, but there's more than one version. Uh, there's a, a, a great hymn writer, probably one of the greatest hymn writers by the name of Isaac Watts. And uh, he took up the challenge of putting every one of the 150 psalms um, to words. It said he invested 19 years of his life 
to, quote, accommodate the book of Psalms to Christian worship. Won't read all of his hymn of Psalm 133, but here is concluding verse, and and he always brought it back to grace, always brought it to Christ. Last verse. The God of Zion cheers our hearts with rays of quickening grace, grace that brings us to life, with rays of quickening grace. The God that spread the heavens abroad and rules the swelling seas. You know, concluding uh, with the Lord's blessing. You know, two takeaways here. You know, let every pilgrim, and that's what we are, we're not in heaven yet, we're, we're still on the journey to glory, but let, let every pilgrim bless the Lord. You know, daily bless the Lord for who he is and for his grace to us in Christ. But secondly, may we always remember and rejoice you know, that the Lord has blessed us in, in Christ. You know, in those days, times, seasons, maybe it's even months where, where you're doubting, you know, in despair. Does the Lord really love me? Does he really care? Here again, verse 3. The Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we have that gospel privilege of blessing you, of blessing you with our prayers and praises, lifting up our hands in prayer by day, by night, Lord. But we especially thank you that, that you bless us, you bless us from Zion even now. You have blessed us not only with the splendor of your creation, Lord, but better yet, you have blessed us with your gracious gift of salvation in Christ. Lord, thank you that we can enjoy that blessing even now. Lord, may we long for that day. May we live in light of that day when you will call us home the glory and we will be forever blessing you the one who has blessed us in Jesus in whose name we pray amen